The Side Characters Podcast are not experts. These are just our own personal experiences and opinions. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast where we talk about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. And I'm Leah. How has it been going, Leah? Oh, you know, living the dream, this this lovely pandemic dream. <laughs> living the dream, an ever-ending nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a fantasy world, a fantasy world where, where violent pandemics are real and everyone's panicking and losing their mind. It's great. Yeah, no, it's. I'm really happy, really calm. Everything's going good. Yeah. I, I love, like, the look at it. You can see over the episodes, like, the current events that have been happening, just the up and down of, oh, yeah. like, our intros. It's like, oh, yeah, everything sucks. Yeah, it's Still. great. It's great. It's great. But we're having a great time we are recording earlier than usual which means i'm actually awake yeah you're awake at the beginning of the episodes yeah, yeah it's gonna be wonderful. Uh, oh okay so so this week we're gonna be a little bit happier um so the last few weeks we've been kind of having more of a negative look at some of the things in nerd culture with our talk about gatekeeping and then the lack of representation but this week we're gonna talk about some of the happy things like um just see talk about um inclusion and how nerd culture is doing it right and we wanted to start off with just talking about some of the things that make us happy in nerd culture yeah because we like to be happy sometimes yeah with the gloom and doom spreading out in the rest of the world we have to take some days to talk about the happy parts um so i wanted to kick it off by talking about like some of the um children context and what content and what makes us excited for the children of this generation well i generally am like super happy i may have talked about this on the last episode but i'm like really happy that kids don't feel like they have to be boxed in as much anymore in like set ways particularly like for women i i did talk about this last time but we're gonna say it again that women like you don't have to be the princess or just the tomboy you have so many more options and there's so many good shows, like even as an adult, seeing these shows and just being like, these are the shows I want to direct people towards watching and having their kids watch that these shows because they're totally worth it. And like yeah. ones I've been watching or have seen are um, like She-Ra. She-Ra. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Excellent. Excellent show. Just like super fun. Great characters. There's, um, I believe his name is Bo, and he's like a mas- like he's a masculine man who can do shoot arrows and stuff like that, but he also wears a crop top and pink, and it's wonderful. And <laughs> there's so many good characters. I believe the li- latest season, which I haven't seen yet, um, they had a gender-neutral character, I can't remember which, yeah, gender-fluid character. Um, and yeah, there's other shows like that, like Steven Universe as well. Also, I've only seen a couple episodes so far, but all of my friends tell me that it's amazing for dealing with like issues of gender and sexual orientation and stuff like that. So those are two of my shows currently. Yeah, and neither of those have I even remotely seen. So uh, yeah. I've only heard good things though, but um, of course, because it's way Netflix works, she-Ra has just been sitting on my list for the last two years. It's so that's just, that's a thing that happens. It's just so much fun. So empowering. Like the fact that She-Ra is both like a amazing soldier just in her own right. And then um, 
and then turns into the princess of power like it's, oh, it's so good so good but there's other ones like that there's like you know the be all and end all general leia you know yeah the original. and we have my absolute favorite well currently is captain marvel captain marvel and like the movie that released i really enjoyed that like especially towards the end where the i shouldn't spoil the movie should i potentially not try not well to. I won't say that. <laughs> I won't say what I was going to say, but I did enjoy how they show her as a strong woman, but she's still a woman. Like we do a lot of other media will show like a strong woman, just pretty much just being a feminine man characters, how yeah. they'll portray it. Like they're not actually a female character, but like I love Captain Marvel and she's a captain and she can fly through the sky and blow up a fleet of ships like at the drop of a hat. Like she's, freaking awesome and yeah, even that, the yeah comments, well, she's freaking and that, awesome that that was the dichotomy that i was the talking about the princess versus the tomboy like most of your female characters who are like supposed to be badass are supposed to be like men and they're supposed to like one of the ones of the tropes i hate the most i've i've told jordan this fifty thousand times and now you all yeah. will hear about it is the fact that the the female characters who are badass are supposed to be bad at cooking and faking like it bothers me so much you do not even know because i'm like i could kick someone's ass i i have kicked someone's ass before and i'm an excellent baker those are not mutually exclusive so please let us please let women also be okay at baking if they want to like come on please and I mean, even on that, I just hate like the detriment of it where it's like, oh, yeah, this character is really awesome. But because they're so awesome, they have to have another flaw here. So oh, uh, they can't cook. I just I yeah. I don't yeah. I've never really liked it. It's never really made sense. Like, why can't the character just be awesome? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it's, it's like, oh, like, yeah, she's a strong female, but she doesn't know how to put on makeup. It's like, but OK. <laughs> but yeah. That that makes no sense. That makes no sense. But also, like, yeah, in addition to Captain Marvel, there's, like, all the women in, like, in like Black Panther. Oh, such a good movie. All the women in that just make you want to go out and hit someone. It's it's fantastic. And, I mean, I will, because I just recently saw this um, Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Also, in that, you can see, I mean, this isn't really for kids, because it's. I think it's R-rated, so sorry, yeah. children. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even in that, you can see the difference of how a female director shoots a female character versus how a male director shoots it, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, who is terrible at it. Um, yeah. But it's just... More and more, we're getting a lot of more like empowered female characters who don't necessarily have to fit into the two roles that we talked about before. But I guess going back to kids <laughs> and not an R rated movie, um, Marvel Rising with all the like the mar pretty much they're like, I've <laughs> this is gonna sound like I'm making fun of it. It's like Muppet Babies, but Marvel characters. So, like, so, you'll like, have Chibi, Chibi, Chibi. <laughs> No, no, no. It's not. It's not that. But it's like all of the Marvel. It's like um, X Men Evolutions, but with the other Marvel characters, like where they're all like teens and stuff. So Falcon is not like the Falcon that we know from the movies. An appropriate age for kids to watch, like um, teenagers. So yeah, because I mean, I watched like Spider Man stuff as a kid and couldn't really connect. Like I liked it, but couldn't really connect to it because Spider Man 
like was shown as being like in college and then be like a upper 20 year old man it's like how as a kid could i connect to his issues about falling in love with it getting married when i'm like 10 yeah that's so true. i so like when they do like Marvel Rises other like Marvel shows when they show them as being younger or even that like the different art styles makes them look younger it has it um is more um accessible to kids. Mm, yeah. And also but that's that's beside the point it's really cool cuz it shows just all the heroes um you get a Latina Latinx hero um black white just all all different genders all different um skin colors i guess is that yeah. okay to say okay. yeah all, all different skin colors like you you get more than just like the white heroes and i think that's pretty special to do with a show yeah 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 that is i definitely agree there's so many other examples do we want to go on more? Yes. Um, yes. So then, my two favorites on the list that we had: um, Legend of Korra and Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, I guess starting out with Last Airbender, just first of all, like you have like on the side of strong female leads, you have multiple female leads, and they, none of them really fit into like the molds of tomboy or princess. Um, you get it. Like yes, yeah, Katara that's is a. That's hmm? funny because that's funny because of uh, Toph being isn't Toph like nobility or something like that? Yes, Toph. <laughs> Toph is the um, I think yeah nobility, but then she's pretty much the be- I personally favorite character of the show yeah. and is just a badass like through and through, and is also blind, which is cool to see like a blind I guess hero throughout. But yeah. you get Katara as a support, but that's not like the only role that she has. She does have some really awesome fight scenes. And like she's also not that motherly supportive role who always has to make the proper decision. Like she messes up throughout. And it's it's in, like an interesting take on that type of character. But also not all the women fit into just being mm-hmm. supporting roles. And yeah. we get like very strong leader, f- female leaders. We get very strong fighters like with um azula and then her three sorry her two cohorts ty lee and may fighting throughout and just awesome just fight scenes in general shows that like a lot of times in comic books and stuff and even like the marvel movies with black widow you see like the female character either being long range or doing a bunch of flips rather than like throwing an actual punch or Or they're a femme they're a femme fatale character yeah. yeah, that's the other option is that they're only allowed to be like a sexual being to tempt men. Yeah, and... to tempt men and seduce men. Or, but we get a lot of really awesome fight scenes rather than just like, oh, yeah, flipping around and stuff like that. So it's really and it's cool the same see. style of fight. Like, that's the thing that's also nice is that, like, while they generally have, like, the. I completely forgot about this, that, like, they. That Azula and. Oh my God, what's his name? Zuko? Thank you. My God, I feel so bad. I forgot. <laughs> Zuko, they fight the same way because they had the same teachers. And yeah, like, they usually, were raised under the same style. Yeah, and it's that is nice to see that like that it's not distinctly different because they're different genders. Yeah, it's 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 really cool to see that, and then also all of the fighting is martial arts inspired, and just like it's just re- altogether really cool to see and there's some chinese tradition throughout it without like being blatant so it's a way to just like subtly like jump into it and it's, it's just really really cool 
and then um, Legend of Korra as well with strong fe- like the uh, strong female lead Avatar going through, and she doesn't just fit the tomboy at all. And then at the very, I mean, it's a spoiler, but the very end does have a um, homosexual relationship between her and Azumi, which is really awesome. And they definitely they took a risk it. on that, and it just is really awesome that they did that. And just, yeah. like, there was backlash, and it's like, we don't care. This is how we wanted it to end. I haven't seen it, but it is definitely on my list of things to watch. I say throughout, it's a really, really good animation, and pretty much anybody, no matter age, can get into it, and I really like that about it. Right. Um, so... I general yeah, with all these examples, which oddly a lot of these both you either you have seen or I have seen, but we haven't both seen, which is why it's like we're both talking so much about them. Um, <laughs> you should like, just watch what I watch. Jeez. <laughs> gendering, we are like all of this is like gendering is so not worthwhile. And it's that the idea that like why not just have kids be kids without a gender? And that's that's really what we're trying to say here is that, like, it's not necessary. Like, yes, we get that it's a marketing tactic, but it's not necessary to split it up. You could just have kids content be kids content yeah. and not have it be gendered. Just let them, let them be do what they want. Yeah, it, it, it really it just doesn't matter, like, gender. You can look at any type of character, and this character can be an awesome character without having to technically like be in the male demographic or female like it could be any type of character like and also the in the shows can be any type you don't have to have girl shows and boy shows like it's like boys get transformers the girls get strawberry shortcake it doesn't have to be that way no it does not have to be that way and we should stop trying to make that like everybody could get the shows that we mentioned in because they're awesome no matter regardless of gender and like extending off of that, we can talk about more like the destigmatizing, like the more going shifting more into adult stuff, the destigmatizing of minorities and just like how that plays out in general. And like what we're talking about here is that by like normalizing and exposing people to a diverse range of humans and ideas and ways of life um, is an excellent way to encourage change and to fight bigotry. And because generally, it's really hard to hate your neighbor neighbor when they're a wonderful human to you. Like, yes, you can, in general, we all know we can hate each other as neighbors because your neighbor's dog shat on your lawn. But, like, it's hard for you to, to hate a group of people when you know someone who is part of that group of people. And that's why, like, destigmatizing this minorities is a way to get it, to try and work at exposing people who may not have others like that in their region to you know yeah and it's a way like especially we need it in media and i've talked about this on every episode so far about like growing up and not having like black heroes and things like that but we need it in media to help like of course like we were saying show that it is normal show that it's like a thing that happens like oh yeah minorities exist not every show has to be all white characters all the time yeah yeah and it's like it's both for people for people who are in those minorities to be able to see that they're not alone, but also for people who aren't of those minorities to be aware that there that there are other people than themselves and that they think the same way they do. And we're all just living here on planet Earth with Earth trying to kill us. It's fine. 
Yeah, and because without it, like I said, I grew up where most of the people that I knew in like elementary, middle school, like their only exposure to African Americans was through BET. So they expected me to be a rapper or a basketball player. So we need to have more um, minorities represented. So like you don't just get one small picture of how a minority reacts. Or sorry, exactly acts. Period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like along that lines is having work specifically focusing on problems relating to minorities is needed, but also working towards normalizing minorities is great. So like, um, I guess I need an example of <laughs> what? of focusing yeah. on, I guess, get out. See, we could throw that get out is like a good. Oh, yeah. We are talking about adults now, so I can yeah. mention another R-rated movie. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it's like get out. And I know so many people who like watched it especially that scene where they're at the party that ends up being an auction but they're at that party and like everybody's talking to the black guy and saying like really awkward stuff like oh yeah it's like if he could i would have voted for obama to have another third term like all these things like showing these issues like that this is a real thing that happens all of the time it's a yeah. great way to focus and show that yeah these are problems that minorities face and like maybe you don't have to go on too strong when talking to another black person well and there's like it's, it's there i usually am not like i have issues with movies like this but there's this move there's movies that like have men switching with women and there's this um movie on netflix it's a french movie i believe that's called like i'm not an easy man and that's one of those like switching ones where the guy is like a very whatever horn dog guy and then it switches and well, I'm like, there's issues with movies like that. I generally am also like, if done right, can show, can just like show what it's like to be a woman in everyday society. Mm. At least it's some of the things that like some people just don't even realize. So, yeah. And well, a lot of these, like it, especially with uh, movies like Get Out or um, something that's not horror. Uh, I need to get an example. Something that's like, I guess um, the movie like The Farewell, like it shows what it's like to be in someone else's shoes for a little bit. But let's talk about like what's like subtly changing culture, like sexual orientation wise. There are so many examples that we could go with, like of things that are like subtly changing one. Like my, I, I listen to critical role and critical role. I love critical role. We all know that it has generally an all white cast, but in reality, they do a really good job of just like naturally having people of all different sexual orientations and all different characters. Like Matt Mercer often has characters who he just refers to as they, and they don't, they're never given a gender and they like characters in that show in that show are like, could be any range of sexual orientations, which is, is a delight to see that just, it's not even commented on. It's not the defining trait of these people it's just a thing that's part of them, you know? Yeah. And like the Adventure Zone, another D&D podcast, they had a trans character in there. And they also took the time to talk to the audience and like figure out how they could do that character well before going into it to make sure that this is like something that was okay for them to tackle. Yeah. And one of 
our combined favorites. Hey, something Velveteen. that we both actually hey! read. <laughs> yeah, Velveteen. We do we do have similar interests, people. I'm just telling you, we do actually. It's just that for some reason, all the things we're talking about today, we both <laughs> haven't consumed. But our favorite, Velveteen versus the Junior Super Patriots by Sean and McGuire. Oh, love Sean and all her works are amazing. But that one particularly, this is a funny story. So I I made Jordan read read this and after I read it and then I made my friend read it and my friend gave it to her sister and her sister came back and was like wow I really like this because one of the characters um is trans and it's not commented on and both me and the friend went what because it was so just like subtle and not that we like didn't notice it was just like so subtle that we that it was just like it was just there that 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 one of the characters commented on the fact that that their name before they took on their super name was a male name yeah. and it was a character that was gendered the their super character was gendered as female and both of us had just like not like ignored it but it was just you know it was a thing that happened it was normal it was not the character's defining trait and that character was very unique, so that's clearly not their defining trait. Yeah, and they, it was like, I think like a one or two line thing. It didn't like end up being this whole blown out thing or being like multiple chapters about it. It just was stated, it happened, and everybody was okay with it. Yeah, and that like character, which I feel like we should now say it's the, it's the princess. The princess has so, is such a unique and like, character that there's like of course we didn't remember it because the princess is so unique in other ways that like why would you remember that fact so i feel like that's a perfect example of like destigmatizing minorities in that way like yeah and let's yeah but we can go into our next thing which is mental illness which there are so many games now that are dealing with it's so wonderful there's how does stardew valley deal with it you don't okay because i've only played very little of stardew valley actually the only stardew valley i've played is with you (laughs) yeah and you get lost which is impressive i if anybody listening to this play i it's impressive how you get lost so easily um well stardew valley one of the people that you can romance in it um i which i'm just failing with names right now my god shane shane that's his name oh, shane Lord. shane um uh, he i think yeah and, and yeah he's the one with the ratty hoodie right okay so shane stardew valley um suffers from depression and like you meet him and he's very like angry to towards towards you and is like as he's working he works at the jojo mart the and he is just in a like really bad place in his life and he's like an alcoholic he drinks all the time and part of like the cutscenes that you get with him as you're working through like friendship levels and then romance levels is largely to do with his alcoholism and like trying to deal with that and his depression because he's clearly very unhappy with his life and just like trying to find something new in his life and then at the end he like ends up not working at the Jojo Mart anymore and helping his aunt with like re-getting a firm grasp on his life and it was just it was such a it's such a fun not fun that's not the right word Uh, it's (laughs) It's such a like it's really fun it's 
it was a very refreshing storyline for a romance for a romance option like something that many of us can identify with and a game that's not meant to be that intense like yeah it was it's a good moment yes that's that's stardew valley at least and I, I mean, I've never played Celeste, so I don't know about that. Well, I, I'm mainly telling what friends have told me is that it <laughs> deals a lot with issues of mental illness. And as well, there's just a bunch of other ones that indie games that deal well, w- uh, with mental illness yeah, as well. Um, the game Grease does it. In a, like, it never actually states what it is about. It's pretty much, it shows that through grief and through depression you lose your color and then you can gain all of that back and fight the darkness within you to live through this colorful life and even if you fail and it takes over you you can still swim out of the darkness and fill your life back with color and i think greece does a very like beautiful artistic way of showing the struggle with depression yeah that's awesome because I've only played the beginning of that, so that's it, awesome to know and like a good way to look through it. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite indie games. Grease G R I S is very very good. Yeah, and then there's like other ones like Night in the Woods, which uh, Night in the Woods deals a lot with like the feelings of ev- that a lot of us in our twenties have been dealing with, which is like the like capitalism and going home and just having being forced to go home after you failed with life, and yep. yeah, there's just a lot with that. And as well, like, I I don't know, I, this is a weird aside, but a lot of this that I think games have been doing a good job as an example is I just rediscovered Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. So this is a random ass aside, but basically there's been a thing going around the internet that Eeyore is the best example of how to handle someone who's like, Eeyore is always depressed. And as a kid, you're like, why are you sad all the time? But as an adult, you're like, this is an excellent way. They still invite him to everything. He still gets invited everywhere and gets to do everything with everybody else. And they don't try and make him better. They just, like, let him be as he is. Oh, yeah. That's, like, like the best example of how to deal with depression. It's so wonderful. I never yeah. really thought about that way. So that's interesting. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things like that that I've, as an adult, been, like, in a lot of these games, like, could take a, take a nod out of Winnie the Pooh. And not Eeyore's portrayal in Kingdom Hearts, because that is not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kingdom Hearts sucks. <laughs> but there's, like, looking at a different thing of, like, other ones that are subtly normalizing, there's, like, ones with, like, disabilities that is pretty interesting. Like, I've been playing a lot of Heaven's Vault recently, which is a uh, an indie game set in like a semi-fantasy world about um archaeology which is wonderful i love that and the your the person is like an archaeologist and they're they're solving a language and but then as i realized part way through part way through the game that the character has some form of asthma or something limiting their ability to to breathe and they get attacks and so at some points during the game you're able to you have to what's the word i'm like yeah you have to recuperate you when you make a jump or you make an action that's like a large movement she'll have to stop and pause and regain her breath which is something that's like subtle but is clearly a nod to someone having asthma that's really cool yeah 
Yeah. yeah, and the game I wanted to mention was Perception, which is actually a horror game, but the main character, the player character that you have is blind. And so you pretty much have to navigate this haunted house as a blind woman and use pretty much use the um, cane for both echo, quote unquote, echolocation and also to know like what's in front of you as you're walking through. So it's a horror game that practices like patience with you know walking through the world blind but also kind of shows a different perspective than your usual horror game with the camera and a flashlight and i think it's pretty cool yeah well and i think uh, another one that's like not video games because a lot of these are video games we know um is we play a lot of games we'll probably yeah that we'll probably talk about later too is the stranded and the stranded which is a a thai thriller show that we both love uh there's a character in it who has uh, a pacemaker yeah and it's like it's a part of the show but it's also like not his only defining trait like, yeah he's a huge asshole he's a <laughs> yeah yeah well he has reasons but yeah he's he's uh, it's it's very much like who he is to you know it's part of his character without being the only part of his character and i like that they act because I think it's very few times that you show a pacemaker on a character without having to be specific to the story. Like the only other one I can really think of was in the following Kevin Bacon's character had a pacemaker and that was because the main villain stabbed him in the chest. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the number of times that characters have pacemakers that is outside of a medical drama, you can count on one hand. Yeah. So and it's it, and whittle that down to ones where it's not their only defining characteristics is even less. So yeah, I really can only think of the following to be quite or yeah or medical dramas like Royal Pains. Ugh. Yeah, and so then we kind of want to go into talk about bucking the patriarchy and talking about real unique works and stuff that kind of stands out as being truly unique to us, and just kind of talk about like um just different TV shows, movies, manga. D&D in general that we kind of thought were unique so yeah I guess you could hit well, with TV yeah. with um, Sensei because again never watched oh, it oh yeah <laughs> you've never watched Sensei I watched the first show. like 10 minutes it's like yeah this isn't for me it's it's a it's a crazy crazy show that has characters from very different walks of life around the globe shows different ways of being and like communication and different storylines and different sexual orientations they have a trans character who ex one of the best characters on the show um it's yeah it's just it's a very different way of putting out a story and it was well done um just yeah yeah. different characters tells a different story not for everybody because it does get a little crazy sometimes but <laughs> i had a really great time watching it as a show yeah. it's it's yeah and i was sad when it was canceled i heard it was good but again i watched the first 10 it's like no this probably isn't for me and then i watched something else um and then movie wise i guess get out is well and both get out and us kind of stand out with get out just being a very uniquely black horror film and it's not yeah and just and it's not horror dealing with ghosts or dealing it's a very like it's interesting because it's a social horror film as well as get out can also that's not get out sorry us can be a very social horror film and i thought those were standouts because just 
well, us predominantly black cast get out deals with race in America and how that interacts, but also this huge scheme of, um, you know, transplanting brains into other people, which what <laughs> it like kind of, yeah. it goes off the rails and I, and I love it. And it just, it deserves oh, every yeah. award it got. So. <laughs> get out was amazing. And I forced many, many people I know to watch it because it's, Oh, the emotions it elicits, like the heightened sense of fear and how it equates. It changes from being a sense of fear that's a uniquely horror movie fear to the fear that's felt by many, that's felt by like all African-American people in the U.S. on a day-to-day basis. Like, oh, the scene at the end where you're not sure what's going to happen and it's the same fear and you switch over in an instant and... Oh, yeah, it's it, it's Jordan Peele just did such a good job. It's going to sound like I'm making a joke out of this, but I'm not. This is what I'm saying is real. It does a good job showing the fear a black man has when being in a place in a predominantly white place and meeting yeah. a predominantly white, like a white rich family and everybody treating you as if you're some sort of alien just because your skin is different. It does a very good job dealing yeah. with the fear fear it like a lot of the shots will be like close-up face shots and you can feel the emotion the kind of fear the awkwardness he feels just by the faces he's making when people say these different comments to him like the line i mentioned earlier is like oh yeah if if i could have voted for a third term i would have voted obama to have three terms like it's like why are you saying this to me you're only saying this to me because i'm black and you get that face you get those moments of just like okay, I don't want to be here anymore because your family is treating me like this. Yeah, it, it's probably one of the best it, like ways. Horror does a good job because you ha- the goal of horror is to show, to feel a similar fear, fear and emotion. You're supposed to be feeling the emotions of the characters in the show, in the movie. And Get Out does that in such a unique way that also highlights like a minority's experience. Yeah, and it does a good job paying attention to little details throughout the film. Um, another work that stood out to me is the manga Beastars. Um, easiest way to explain this is it's pretty much adult Zootopia, where it's um, animals living in a society, but... Um, you know, the, there's the different um, social lines between the carnivores and the herbivores and dealing with, like, what does it mean to be a carnivore and, like, how the two differences, like, they interact with it. And it has, it's pretty much like a mirror of race in America, well, race in society in general and how, like, people of different races interact. And it's, like, being treated differently because you're a carnivore slash being black or whatever versus how the herbivores are treated in society. It's like, oh, being looked at as a criminal just because of how you were born. And it's it does a very interesting take on that. There's some very real, very human moments, like one where a character is like, yeah, you just have to get used to it because this is how it always been. And one character breaking down and crying be like, why does this have to be something I have to get used to? Why can't I be accepted as a person? Because I'm just like that person. I just have sharp teeth. And it's just a very interesting look at race and society. And I will recommend it to anybody. (laughs) That's awesome. And like vaguely, I know this is going to sound vague, but we have to say it. D&D is probably one of the like, we know we've talked about the issues with like the class, the racial 
the races and stuff like that. But D&D can truly be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can be five raccoons drag racing in L.A. You can be fantasy characters in whatever you want, whatever situation you want. You can be super powered anybody. You could be teenagers in a whatever. It's truly, that is an opportunity which people should think about is just like a way to find out. It's, It's fantasy and it's very open fantasy. And I know like we talked in the last episode about, oh yeah, it's like people think that you can only be white and be an elf. I'm like, but really, it's very open fantasy. You can do whatever you want character-wise. You can pick a different, like, it's open. Anybody can be anything. It's fantasy. It's for you to use to role-play a fantasy world, and that doesn't always have to fit a specific mold. You don't even have to just generally follow the world of D&D in it. Like, I'm running a campaign for my other show that's very, very custom homebrew. Like, you can do anything with the rules of D&D, and it's, it's cool to see, like, how different people will portray this for D&D and, like, Critical Role does it, Adventure Zone does it, Dungeons and Daddies. It's all very just interesting takes on fantasy. And it's and it's free. Yeah, it's free. You, like if you don't want to buy the book, you can find all the stuff. Like it's very open online. It's, it's just all you need to do is have someone sit down and run it for you. <laughs> exactly. And Google now has a widget to roll dice. Yes, so even easier. <laughs> I think a next question would be it's one that I think about a lot, which is, is there an, is this, is this where video games is doing the best job? Like, have we found something where video games is doing better than other forms of media? Which is weird, because you wouldn't expect it, but also. (laughs) But also, is it also the worst? Yeah. (laughs) Because it can be both, I think. It it really depends on the game. You can either hit gold with one, or it could just be awkwardly bad. But I think a couple that do... Well, we'll talk about a couple that do a good job of it. One, I guess I'll be the one to mention this, is Outer Worlds. I thought... I, it's not my type of game, so I didn't play it for very long, but it's not because it's not a good game. But I think Outer, Outer Worlds did have a standout moment to me. Is a very just... Inter- well, very real take on asexual character. And... Like, you have a whole conversation with the character about it. And, like, it's like, no, it's not that I don't, like, find people attractive. It's just that I don't want to have sex with them. And it's, it's a very, it's definitely done is, better than it, what I just said. This, but it's a very interesting take. And they do a good job portraying well, the character. Well, considering the fact that, like, there's very, 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 very few depictions of asexual characters in any form of media. Yeah. Like... Very few people know what asexualism is. They, it's still a problem even in the LGBT plus community of people assuming what asexual means, which is basically the idea that oh you're frigid. Oh okay, yeah sure. Or the like, no one even knows that it's like you you call it acer. Acer is an asexual person. Hey, but, I thought it was a computer. Yeah. Now yeah, and it's the acer spectrum. So yeah. Yeah, so that's that's awesome to hear that. Um, you so could, yeah, as I say, about... you could talk about Dragon Age now. Oh my god! Here we go. Here is my <laughs> moment that I told you would happen, oh, which god. is we're gonna talk about Dragon Age Inquisition, and I may go on a little bit of a rant here because I love this game and I just finished it this week finally, and oh my god, oh, it's so it's so good. 
It's so good. This game, ah, uh, epic. Like anybody who hasn't played it, it's a lot of cutscenes. It's a lot of story. It's heavily story, heavy lore. Um, very unique, interesting takes on everything. Uh, it's pretty amazing for what it does for its romance. It's, <sighs> I believe, the first AAA game. The first AAA game to have exclusively male-male-only pairing and female-female-only pairing. So you have a wide range of people you can romance. There are characters who are only romanceable by men. A man, a male character who's only romanceable by male protagonist. Female character who's only fe- romanceable by female protagonist. And yes, there's ones who can be romanced by either and ones who are exclusively heterosexual relationships. And... That is something that's rarely done in other games, that ability and, like, if all games had that much money, they should all do that. Because just, like, the variety of people you could be and what you have and each of those characters has unique traits and can, yeah, it's not just, like, everybody is pansexual. There's, There's ones that will turn you down, that they'll, that they address it, that they address the fact that they're not interested in you. It's not just, oh, you can't, you can flirt with them. Like, there's one character, um, Cullen, who they did not have time to make bisexual, but they have a line with him where you can flirt with him and he'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in you that way. And there's Dorian, who a lot of women Inquisitors tend to go after, and then he's like, I'm gay. And there's an entire scene to deal with that where he talks about it and he's like I'm and you can re- and you can be like you shouldn't have led me on he's like I'm sorry I was part of it was part of our relationship I thought it was that way and then you have the option to, to ask him to stop saying like flirting with you or you can be like it's fine I understand that it's part of a relationship which is amazing and that oh that to me is amazing there's also there's also just like a wide range of different types of characters there's there's the Iron Bull, who's into kink, and <laughs> that we talked about last week. About this, this is guys, damn bull. One more time. <laughs> you're gonna hear about it, and Jordan's gonna awkwardly because I've heard about him at guys, least I wish twelve you could... times in the last like starting this podcast. You and every single time, you're still just as awkward about oh it. So God. we're gonna talk about him again. We already talked last week about how he's like really good into consent and you get the option as the player character to say no multiple times to him but it's also like not even just the consent part it's the fact that they're showing someone who isn't just into traditional like sex which is super cool there are people who like kink and if we're gonna show sex in video games we should show a wide range so that people know that they exist and how to do it right because that's a thing because people think that 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 kink means certain things and it doesn't so that's important it's really important like i cannot stress this enough to you jordan I, it's so i understand important. why it's important yeah because like there's an entire scene where you set down safe words too which is like that's important as well and and dragon age has a transgender character who oh there's a moment i have to tell you i have to tell you about this we can cut this if you need to but i have to tell you about this moment okay. So there's a character, Cole, who is part spirit and he's a spirit of compassion. So he can see into people's heads and see their pain and stuff like that. And he's talking with the Iron Bull and the Iron Bull's second in command is transgender, a transgender man. And so you 
are you have that interaction and on Cole's asking he's like well Iron Bull you you and Krem insult each other but it's it's not meant to hurt but he he finds it funny and he's like you and then Iron Bull responds you called Krem he and Cole's like oh was I wrong is that is that wrong because Cole doesn't know if he gets things right because he's not fully human and Iron Bull just is like no, you did good, kid. And it's just, it's, it, oh, it gets, it literally got, I, I, I just like stood there and was like, had a moment where it's like Cole can see inside this person's head and knows that it's he, not she. That's good. And knows that that's the right answer. Oh. So yeah, it's a really good game. And I'm sorry I had to go on a rant, but it's, it's, it does, it does for a AAA game, it does things really well. That's good. Never played it. I don't like too many dialogue options we've talked about it wow. i don't like yeah. i don't like so many dialogue options but um, i mean i'm gonna bypass since you talked about like your game that you've been playing for hours on end yeah i'll talk about one of my favorites um horizon zero dawn haha bypass um just because yeah. <laughs> to me it's an absolutely standout game where not only does it have an extremely strong female character who's not just shown as being like the bruiser character as oh I'm so skilled and good at this that I lack like I like we were saying earlier that I have another character flaw like I can't cook or can't do blah blah blah. She's strong female character who's incredibly smart. It's just portrayed as just being smart, clever, and all around awesome but then we have a lot of other minorities shown throughout asian native american just all different minorities throughout a lot of black characters a black general and just it's you don't just fit into one type of thing and i think it's really unique to show that and just to show the different styles of the tribes and be very interesting showing like how different religions or different world views react and none of them are like oh these people are crazy because they believe in the spirit of the mountains like no they just this is how it affects their lives and it's very interesting and beautiful game also you're fighting robot dinosaurs and stuff for the entire time which is freaking cool and gameplay wise it's just it's a very standout game to me and another big one that we both love and it's classic is overwatch Overwatch, oh, such such diverse characters. Like one of the best ranges for uh, a big multiplayer game for diverse characters. Like you got May, who is body diverse. Um, she's a normal sized woman, <laughs> and you've got like you've got Anna. Oh, Anna is so so great. Like, yeah, when's the last time you saw a person? over the age of 50 in a video game there's so many good characters from different places and like the diversity in the game i know your favorite character like there's so like and it goes you have brazilian characters egyptian characters norwegian russian like asian just all different characters it doesn't ever fit one mold and like they're shown as being very unique with also their dress and their styles in like they will say certain lines in their specific languages, and I think all of that is really cool to show. And they got voice actors who were specific to the countries. Like that's not just that. That's impressive because the fact is, is with um with Anna, I've talked with people who are from Egypt and 
you can tell what village she's from. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Because of her dialect, you can tell where she's from. That's actually really and cool. <laughs> yeah. So they they actually get specific. And, like, they improved that over time where it was, like, I think originally Lucio, he had more English lines. And then they started introducing more Portuguese lines into, yeah. his, into his thing. It's And it's very cool to hear the, like, different languages just... It's normal, like you don't have like a subtitle translation at the bottom. They just say the line and it's cool to hear it because you would not really hear that in any other game. And it's just, it's just there. And yeah. like, and I, uh, I like that they have all the different characters, all the different races, different countries, and it's never like a specific, like, oh yes, we're specifically trying to make it like this. No, it's just, this character just happens to be from this land. They are a hero amongst Mm -hmm. their people, and they want to be part of the Overwatch team, and I think it's, or they're a villain and want to kill everybody. One or the other. But it's it's a really cool game just to see how diverse you can get. It's just really, really awesome. And and, and and all the characters are, well, they're all decently balanced, so it's not like a certain group of characters are stronger than others. It's just very balanced throughout. So you can play any character without it's like, oh yeah, this so such and such character sucks. Like, no, everybody's just different. And I, I like that. It's very yeah. balanced. It's a very good way yeah, about going so with my like diversity in a game because it's all balanced. And I, I love it. And out of the triple A, <laughs> we have just like the fantastic world that you can get literally everything in indie games. Oh my God. Like, a big one that I I think is just incredibly unique is that Dragon Cancer, which is like an experience of a um, parent dealing with their child who has cancer, and it's heart wrenching. Oh, what a sad game! Brutal. It's brutal, but it's also like like games offer us the opportunity to feel hmm. empathy, to to be as close as we can to the experience of another human being. I think in my opinion and that game does a good job at conveying those emotions well and to a point even more than movies it does have you like be in another person's shoes because you are literally playing as that character and it gives you a more open chance to be someone else and yeah there's there's just so many games that you could we could talk about like uh gone home as well like you learn about the experience of others in that and uh my fave dream daddy love dream daddy my god the fact that you can be both transgender or or cis in that is just it's 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 really fantastic and and i mean all the dads are super cool all the dads are super cool very interesting very like diverse types of people Yeah. yeah It's, it's and my really new time. favorite band, Pup, is in the freaking game, which I need to go play through that storyline so I can meet Pup. <laughs> yeah. The sad, you need to play through I mean, all yeah, the storylines because they're all it's... great. You haven't played my fave, Craig. Craig is my Eventually. fave. <laughs> but, and yeah. then, like, upon diversity, like, even there's, like, the anthropomorphous, I'm going to, can you just pronounce the word for me because I always anthropomorphism yes, that word um is a good way to just be a game without having to fit into i guess whatever 
societal norms. Like instead of, oh yes, this character's white or black, this character could just be a goose that's running around being an asshole. Or it can be a <laughs> bug person in Hollow Knight, which like the two standouts for me, like Untitled Goose Game, which I loved in Hollow Knight, but like yeah. you didn't have Well, even like, yeah, Pikaniku is just like your your two like pill shaped things. <laughs> completing completing things running through the running through the whatever whatever the wilderness it's like or levels it's yeah you can just like there's also like thomas is alone your fucking boxes your boxes man you can be immersed in these types of games without having to be i guess a human period like you can be whatever you could be a bug person fighting a giant tentacle moth to save the world from disease like you can be whatever in games that you don't in a video game or even movies you don't have to specifically fit in within a mold and i like that about those Mm -hmm. anthropomorphism games yes you got this yeah anthropomorphic 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 I speak English. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's well. It just like reminds me. I I just remembered this. This is weird. I'm like thinking of really old things today. It kind of reminds me of like we've rediscovered. Do you remember the Redwall series? Yeah, dude, I used to love that. Yeah, that series was the thing when we were younger, and that series is all anthropomorphic animals, and like that's back back up now. Like you can tell stories that are unique where you have emotions where you identify with a goddamn mouth, like. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay a to mouse do. In and a it's like, <laughs> yeah, and there's other like it's not the anthropomorphic stuff is not like limited only to video games. Like this is done. This is translated really well into board games as well. Like Roots. Roots is um, a good game that a very complicated game that I've played where uh, you're fighting over a woodland forest and there's different groups of animals and they each have different styles of leading and you have to. You have to fight to see who wins, and there's the cats who are like the martial leader, and then the birds who are like the democratic leaders. Oh, yeah, and it yeah, it's super complicated, my guy. But it's we, once you can actually get into it, it's really fun. It's just yeah, extremely and, complicated. <laughs> yeah, but like there's other games like that now where you're just using animals as as placements, not just like direct placements, because like. It's just a it's just a way to tell interesting stories, like you said with B stars. It's a way to tell interesting stories that, that don't relate. have to, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you yeah. don't necessarily have to be telling it from the point of view of a human, and I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, and you can still identify with them. So yeah, and I think this, <laughs> I think this is like. Um, like interesting because we're we're currently still exploring like how media how we learn through media and stuff like that and how we learn through video games and like this is these are good ways to tell stories and how yeah and for people to learn from them um and then like we're especially recently seeing like a rise in other cultures and entertainment like with movies like crazy rich asians always be my maybe um my personal favorite that i mentioned on the last like two episodes of the farewell um and black panthers and the stranded from netflix just seeing like different cultures not just necessarily white not just necessarily american canadian whatever but different cultures shown in these movies like with black panther showing a lot of african culture with the colors the different traditions shown throughout yeah which is not just a story about slavery my god (laughs) uh yeah crazy rich asians though if anybody hasn't seen it 
and you 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 enjoy a good movie. Crazy Rich Asians is excellent. Such an excellent movie. It's like the entire soundtrack isn't English. The cast isn't English. It's it's a wonderful romantic comedy without being a a west uh an Asian Western American comedy. Like it's oh so good. The characters are excellent. Like yeah, highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah, and again, I'll throw out the farewell because we get to see how a different culture deals with a death in the family and deals with grief and deals with just being around family that you haven't seen in forever. Like it just it just shows different culture and family, and it's a really good look at something that's outside of just the American perspective. And I that's one of the reasons that movie st- stood out so much for me. Sorry, last little thing is that we, like, it's the same with Parasite, is that the director of Parasite said he was making a movie that was meant to be uniquely Korean and then found out that it was something that the rest of the world can identify with. And I think that's 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 kind of what we're saying here, is that you can tell stories that are uniquely specific to your culture, but it also allows people to identify within their own culture and understand them more yeah. and see those experiences. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that about that. Yeah. Um, and now we're kind of winding down as talking about what can we do to improve? Yeah. Which just to remind everyone, change is slow. No one likes it and they don't want to get out of their own comfort zone. Which so, is why things have been so slowly getting better, but they have been yeah. getting better. But it's important to remind yourself of that on a day-to-day basis so you don't get burnt out. Yeah, or extremely discouraged like I find myself on some days. But I guess on what can we do to improve on the macro scale? And This is more talking about changing the industry. And like this one thing that I personally do, like I haven't, like I, I with most stuff, even if it's things that like I'm not right off the bat interested in, is this support movies that are making a difference, even if they aren't like your most interesting films. Like when um when Parasite came out, I went out of my way to watch that movie. I mean, okay, not really because I was on a plane; I didn't have too many other options. But the I guess the better one, The Farewell. I went out of my way to per- like I purchased the movie, I watched it, and I spread it. It's like, hey guys, this is something that we should be looking at. I went with a group of friends to go see Booksmart. I had no interest in the trailer. It was not my type of movie. I still went inside. Same thing with Wonder Woman. I was suffering from major superhero fatigue. I had seen too many superhero movies. I still went and saw Wonder Woman because I wanted to stick it to all the execs who said that it wouldn't do well. Yeah, it's like they say these movies don't do well so i guess it's everybody's part to show them that you know it they do like these movies can sell and Mm -hmm. like with get out people are like oh yeah this looks doesn't look like it'll sell but it did and it's such a good movie because so many people went to go see it because you know you just have to support the directors and the um actors that are making a difference yeah and on that front like it's not like you some like you can buy tickets for your friends ask your friends to come with you to go and see a movie 
or just give them a free ticket. I've done that before. In Canada, they have the Scotia scene card that gives you free tickets. I had a bunch of free tickets already built up and I was like, let's go all, let's go see Grand Budapest Hotel. And I took all of my friends to go and see it. I was like, I will pay for your ticket if you would come and see this movie with me. And that's something that you can do anywhere where you get free tickets. Get free tickets, spend them on your friends so that you can go and see a movie that needs support. Yeah. And even like outside of movies, it's just supporting indie developers and creators either through Kickstarter or Patreon. I think it's pronounced Tapas, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I would assume yeah. Tapas. But that support, like I support a couple of indie Patreons just like for podcasting and comics just because like these people this is how they make their money because they're not recognized by um bigger corporate uh entities so they have to have support through fans so patreon kickstarters top is like that's how we can support people and get more of these ideas out there and ideas created otherwise they'll disappear yeah, so yeah yeah support through patreon that's a awesome thing and like be willing to pay that's a thing. Like, I know we all live in a late capitalist society and we all have very little money, but if you can pay, try and pay. Like, and if you like something and you're using a not really great copy of a video game, then you should try and buy it yourself when you do have the money, even if you finish playing it, because you should support the people who made it. Well, and I know even like on a Patreon, a lot of the Patreons are very affordable, like being like with only a dollar a month. And you can help support and help show show your support for a different creator. So, um, and then along the lines of the micro scale is changing your friends and family's views, like to stand up for what is right and call people out on their hate, and to work work on slowly changing those close to you. And I know, like I personally have a friend that like I talk to occasionally about like you know different movies coming movies and tv shows coming out and they're always like oh why does this have to be this minority character it's supposed this person this character's supposed to be white it's said in this like well a lot of this stuff is in set in fantasies worlds so why does it matter it's like you're just upset because this doesn't fit a specific world but for other people it is very important to see characters that look like them in movies and other fantasies and anything else that comes out and it's a fantasy world it doesn't have to fit a specific mold and it's just like to start those conversations with your friends and family is part of how you start to change views because a lot of people will i guess back away or shut off when they hear people saying things like like saying words of hate and things like that like but you sometimes have to confront it and the only way yeah. at times things get better is through talking about them and calmly oh, talking yeah. about yeah them. well like, i've found the best tactic to work like because confrontation as we all know people tend to close off from that mm -hmm. but the best tactic is to ask why why do you think that way and just keep asking them why drill down like the best oh best example of this was um someone i knew someone they were working with was saying very bigoted things about women and they just kept on being like why do you think like that why what's your reason behind that and got basically got them to admit and for them to realize that what they were saying was sexist and they like said it themselves they said their reasoning themselves and then went oh and they were like yeah and that's like rare but you can get them to like you can 
get people to realize on their own just by questioning the way they think that way and being like, so why is it that you think that way? What's, what's behind that? Why, why do you think that way? And it's slow because if you care about someone, it will be slow because you, it'll take a long time, but you can get them there. You can get them there. And yeah. And then another point of like, again, be calm and all of that. But another point is to recommend your friends check out some of the stuff that you like, like some of the things that stand out to you, like all of the stuff we mentioned before of like, don't keep it inside, like Horizon Zero Dawn, recommend that to a friend or like Avatar or things like that. Just be like, hey, these are cool things. I know you like this type of thing. I think this would fit into what you like and just. Yeah, this is like a primary part of my personality. (laughs) Like Leah is a recommender. I recommend things to Jordan all the time. It's like, I recommend things to everybody. It's what I do. Even so much so that I keep a list on Google Drive with one of my friends of movies that she should watch. And she actually does watch things off that list. Like, it keep, you know, have an actual list to tell them and like share recommendations back and forth. Because like, they might not know. They might not know where to look the same place as you do. If, you, if you're pop culture literate and they're pop culture illiterate... Time to give them a class on it. Or they might be very used to only seeing things like only watching movies like, oh, yeah, I just watched Lord of the Rings. What are other types of fantasies that are different? Like they might just have one perspective and need a recommendation for another because like that's how you Mm -hmm. learn about different things is you know from other people. Well, there's entire there's entire media like look at books. Books are one of the few forms of media that have for the longest time been propagated through word of mouth yeah like yeah you go to a bookstore but do you see ads for books no not really you don't see ads for books you get recommendations from friends you get recommendations from like goodreads like it's all about word of mouth and in actuality i will read reviews of movies but if a friend tells me they like it i'll probably still go um and then lastly on community levels helping other generations and those with less privilege so one way of doing that is like dnd is like having like a community dnd group and also donating uh, well on my side donating books like the dnd books to different groups or people who are less fortunate and cannot afford to buy the 40 dollar player's manual and a lot of like um if you contact many schools and stuff like this this is like if you contact schools or like reading groups writing and tutoring groups like a26la they do sessions where they teach kids how to do D&D or like you could DM a session for them and help kids do D&D, which apparently I've been told by people doing D&D with kids is apparently fantastic. They that's they they come up with really interesting ideas. So it's a good way to get improve your DM skills and doesn't require money and can be done by anybody. And yeah, so that's an option as well. You could donate games board games and stuff like that you can get an extra copy you notice something's on sale pick up a copy and give it to your local community center your local um elderly home like anywhere where people gather who might not have the money to do to play games give them a game they they will definitely take it libraries anything any way you can outreach to other people to kind of spread this because as we said in the first um episode nerd culture can kind of be unobtainable if you don't have money so to help spread that like you can spread that to other people it doesn't always have to be oh yes i have to have 40 dollars to buy a D book you can help spread that to other people yeah 
And be, yeah, I think another thing is thinking about is like be kind on the internet as well. Like I know both of us have had experiences where we found communities on the internet (laughs) and that that's like, oh, I don't even, we're not even going to talk about back in the day, Leah, back in the day, Leah on the forums, but like you find people and they, and the right people lead you in the right direction to good things. And yeah, so just be kind to other people and like, and I guess that's like, comes personally to me because like the internet can be an extremely scary place because there are so many trolls and terrible people around but you can also find different small communities that will do things like recommend books or anime or tv shows to each other like i found a group of a few friends that we just sit back and forth like new recommendations of tv shows and manga and stuff to each other like you can find that places you have people who recommend things to you other than me i know isn't that a surprise my god (laughs) everyone my mind is blown um (laughs) right and i think that's a good place that right there exactly there is a good place (laughs) to end this episode so we'll do our usual and just talk about a few things that we've well i guess one thing that we've been into recently what have i been doing like i haven't done anything other than dragon age after some deliberation um the thing that i guess i wanted to mention is i just finished all of watching all of bojack horseman which mm-hmm. i i thought was really good because it does a it's a goofy like show about an- talking animals and people interacting and has a lot to do with hollywood culture but also does a lot in talking and starting the conversation about mental health addiction and just a couple of other little things here and there um like episode and the only other show with an asexual character yeah yeah an asexual has an asexual character in it but it, it does a lot like the episode in this most recent season that specifically deals with a different character's depression i thought was really good and like they were trying to write a book and it's like well the only way i can write is if i am depressed and so their um whole thing was like i can't be on my antidepressants because i can't write without that suffering that i went through so they go off antidepressants for that episode and things go terrible and they realize like at the end it's like no i don't need to be in pain to be a good writer i don't need to be don't have to be experiencing that pain to find happiness like i can be without it and i thought it was a really interesting thing and like actually showing the effects and side effects of antidepressants and i that's extremely important that's an extremely important thing because there's a lot of artistic people who think that they can't survive yeah on antidepressants yeah and they show that like yeah like it does have a stigma but sometimes it's what you need to do to make it through life and it it was just a really good episode and they deal with addiction and like the fact that's like oh yeah it's like when you get sober that's not just the end of the battle you have to keep doing it every day have to keep turning around every day to say no today i choose not to drink or today i choose to do this and it was it's just it's a really good show in the mask of uh like disguised as a fun comedy hollywood romp and it just it hits on some really important issues and it just it's a very standout i mean it's extremely devastating at times i will say there are some episodes where i just sat there and had to stare at a wall because everything hurt but it's a really really good show 
I will fully admit that I need to continue watching it because at one point I, I just couldn't handle it's it. It's really And I think that's important to think, <laughs> to think, to consider. If you're going into a show, it's good to know that. Tell your friends. If you've got, if you know friends who have mental health issues, warn them if the show is really hard on mental health issues because you don't want to scar them. Yes, but <laughs> like, by the way, this I will say that just straight up, guys. If you do hear this recommendation, like, oh yeah, it's like this sounds like something I watch. Like, be warned that there it hits on some really, really dark yeah. situations. But it is, it's very, it's a very good show, and it definitely has been there for me at times. When it's like I could sit there and relate to a character, and that's what I needed at those times. So it, it's a good show. So BoJack Horseman, that's my recommendation. BoJack Horseman, great. Okay, mine little different uh it's not it's not it's not a perfect one but i think it shows change so i watch korean dramas from time to time um and there's a new one on netflix called itaewon class and i've been watching through that and it's a great time it's a fun show that I think is starting to show that Korean dramas are actually changing because like manga, they are very possibly slow to change. Often no LGBT representation, very traditional plot lines, very repressive female roles like marriage. It's very limited on gender, gender equality is a, the best way to say this it it's it's it shows restricted roles for women and there's a lot of tropes in it that aren't the best but sometimes you get a a good a good role and this one is very progressive it has there's a transgender person unfortunately not played by a transgender person but there's a transgender person played in the show which I've never seen in a Korean drama ever. I may have missed some of them, but it's very unique. It's very rare. And the characters, it's all about like redemption and being who you want and second chances. And I think that, yeah, it's, I think it's showing that there might be some change coming in the Korean drama scene. And that's, that's new. That's really cool. I was pleasantly surprised and unexpected yeah that's that's really cool i don't watch a lot of korean dra- well i don't watch any korean drama so that's that's really cool to hear i don't watch a lot of stuff okay <laughs> okay yeah this is this is the episode of leah and jordan have different tastes in yeah this, things. Is, this is where it's mostly clear like there were the things that we hit on that we both enjoy but it's mostly clear that we have very different tastes when it comes to stuff. If you take away one thing from this, we do recommend that your one thing be Velveteen versus the Junior Super Patriots. That is our one recommendation. Yeah. I mean, take all of the other like thousands of recommendations we said to heart, but that's the one that you should definitely go read, book on tape, whatever it is, do it. Book on tape, my god, you're old. <laughs> Sorry, man, audiobook, is that better? Is that better? Yes. Yes, it is. Some I people, grew oh up God, at a time. We live in a society, anyways. I hey, <laughs> hey I know, I know. I, I, I grew up at a time where books on tape, books on tape, uh, where they were house. actually in a 
big like binder thing with a bunch of cassette tapes. That's what I remember. I know that too. And then CDs. We had some at my parents' house. And then, and then we went to CDs and then they went to this online stuff and it blew my mind. Anyways, it's time yeah. to close up. Anyways, <laughs> a new segment at the old end. Man me and Jordan are old. <laughs> old man what Sorry. well i was talking about me talking about books on tape as being the old man oh specifically wow well i was saying both yes was fine. anyways old all right corner. let's let's sign so off old. let's anyways it's been it's been a good episode enjoy doing this with you and we shall catch y'all later bye, bye.